Hey everybody, it's Justin. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up before you dive into uh, Season 3, Episode 7 of The Handmaid's Tale for our podcast. Uh, There were some things this week that kind of got out of our control and led to this episode being kind of interesting. Sarah had a scheduling conflict, so she is going to be calling in, as you'll hear, which makes things a little more difficult for us. Uh, And Tiana had some just crazy things happen to her this week that she was unable to watch the show. So me and Sarah watched it. All good to go. Tiana is uh, fantastic as always, and we have a nice, lively, fun discussion as we do. Again, we're a human show. We have things going on. Life is insane, as you know. So we do our best on this week, but uh, we'll do better next time. Just wanted to give you guys a heads up in case you got into this and were like, what is happening? Still a fun, entertaining episode, but just know, going into it, there's some things that uh, might make it a little more interesting than we would have liked. All right, guys. Have a great week. Have a happy and safe 4th of July. See ya. All right. Hey, everybody. It's May hey. Day. We're here. Just barely. We're barely here. Um, <laughs> so so as per usual, this is we still haven't made a Wednesday where it's been normal. I don't think we've made one where it has. Not this season. No. Uh, so this week, Sarah is joining us via, um, we'll call it satellite phone, from her home. Uh, husband had to work late, so Sarah is on uh, kid duty, or as we call it, parenting. Um, so yeah. how's it going, Sarah? Hi, guys. We'll, we'll see how this goes. Feeling optimistic. All right. We'll see how it goes as well. You know, if you got to jump away to, uh, you know, because you got two. So Laura only knows what's about. What's even occurring in the other room while you're not there? I don't know. You're brave. I'm trying not to think about it. (laughs) Okay. So due to our circumstances, I'm going to skew the uh, intro and we're going to do straight into the scene because I have a feeling that there's potential for Sarah to get drawn away from this conversation. That's just me. True. All right, so let's start with scene one. You ready? I like things that open with a big red rope. <laughs> always, always a good sign of things to come. It's well, no fun. They do mention that it had been at one point, not right away, but they do mention that it had been the fourth hanging that day. And so until this episode, you kind of forget probably how many of those they've attended daily for a long time. Yeah, well, and I'll, let's give Gilead credit. She said this week. So not, oh, sorry. not not a whole day that even for Gilead, that's a little prolific. And I, I was gonna say that's br- that's brutal. Yeah. Uh, so what we find here is the handmaids are being made to be the uh, labor, I guess you will, to lift up the uh, gallows. And then they're also the ones through some mechanism that we don't see to pull the gallows and let the thing go. So it works both ways for other handmaids. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Oh, yeah. I forgot to tell everybody else that playing the role yeah. of Justin this week is Tiana, whose life is so busy. As I say, we're a human show. We have flaws. Uh, it's not a flaw. It's just real life. Uh, Tiana did not get to watch the episode this week. So me and Sarah are filling her in. She's going to play the person who you're going to play the role of the person who wa- listens to us before you watch the show. But you can ask us questions like they can't because they're listening and they don't have it. OK, well, I'll be there standing. Are we still in D.C.? No. Are we? Well, um, when you said a bunch Fred of things, no, you know what? Yeah, no, Fred and Serena stayed, and uh, it's not, ex- it's just not explicitly shown, but yes, they're back in Gilead. Fred and Serena stayed in Washington, D.C. Um, Got it. And so, what we open up with is a scene of the handmaids, and if you can imagine like an arrow, right? Okay, with three lines of handmaids, one going up the middle, two for the sides of the arrow, and they all have a rope, and there's a gallows in front of them, and when they pull the rope, 
Wait, it, it's like a gallows tug of war. Yes, it is handmade tug of war, the worst kind you can That's think of. That's terrible. And so when they lift it up, it raises the platform up so that the people can walk onto the platform. And then one of the guardians flips a little switch, and then they pull it again, and it releases the gallows, thus hanging the people. So I believe the point to this, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, Sarah, is that um, it, all the people that are being hung are resistance people and also people that are allegedly mistreating their children, as we'll find out later. Um, and making the handmaids do it is a way to say you know, to make them feel bad for being part of the resistance if they were and kind of uh, squelching that as much as they can. I believe that this might and be part of a salvaging. Psychological torture. Well, obvious. I mean, psychological torture is kind of the overarching theme of Gilead. I believe it's the first amendment <sighs> in the Constitution. But, uh, yeah, that's what we open up with. So that's good times. Did I miss anything there, Sarah? Did you, you see that any other way but that? Uh, no. Well, yeah, no. And and partly just to kind of yeah, make them aware, like yeah, like Tiana was saying, like a psychological torture. So if you were thinking about doing anything, you shouldn't. And that's the gist of how Lydia presents it to them. Kind of like this is people who didn't live a godly life for right. reasons, and you should. And or if you don't, this is your reminder. Correct. Yeah, she says something to that effect, but I can't remember wow. exactly. Lydia says. Yeah, no, it's so, bad. so it's Lydia's bad. got her groove back, huh? Uh, I was more, just going to say, so she's back in full Lydia force. For sure. Um, so the next thing we have is, uh, and it's funny because, like, after they're done, she's just like says, disperse, and they just go home. Yeah, I thought that was funny too. Yeah, she's like, disperse. Because they, they don't need to see the aftermath. They can only see what the, the part where they kill them. Um, so, of Matthew, who is quickly in this episode uh. going to become everyone's least favorite human being in the show, which is saying, a lot. That's right. Tiana's were, looking at me like, what are you talking about? They were building her Oh, absolutely they were. Uh, so she, you know, is always after these kinds of things, always trying to spin it for Gilead and saying how they're all blessed to be there and doing God's work, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but they're walking along and she is having pains because of the baby. Um, and she said she usually enjoys being pregnant, but this time is difficult. And then June kind of coaches her through it. They kind of have this moment where they're working together. And uh, even though June kind of is sick of her shit. She's kind of helping her work through. And June even goes through saying, you know, pregnancy is hard. And when I was pregnant with Nicole, I had some thoughts that I would be ashamed to admit now and things like that. And of Matthew gets all offended and is like, I don't have any thoughts. And then yeah, they, yeah, she gets a, she gets a little upset about that. And then they both walk. June wow. continually tries to give her chances to be a human being, and she continually turns her down and remains this massive pious bitch and um it's like just when june is actually nice to her and truly helpful is something snaps inside of her and she's like no i don't have any thoughts that and then like oh my god yeah she takes a hard pass on uh, on turning the corner uh so the next scene which will prove very um dangerous and not fun later uh, yeah. loaves loaves and fishes and there's a little chit-chat about the veils, as they're calling them. So we have an official name for the things that cover the mouths of the handmaids. So we see a few handmaids in Loaves and Vicious in Gilead walking around with them. And they <laughs> all the other handmaids are talking about how they're popping up all over the place. And so there's been a few. Um, and they're discussing all this stuff. And then they try to distract of Matthew because she wants fruit cocktail because that's her jam. Um, basically, so they can get June over to talk to Martha, who is taking care of Hannah. Who was there? Uh, so they did. They know Hannah was going to be there. 
or Martha? Hannah's not there. Oh, the Martha okay. is there. Yeah, Hannah loves and fish. That makes sense. If Hannah was there. But did they know? Yes, I believe they. Well, they knew that she was there when they were there. So okay. they kind of arrange it so that she can get over there. Um, and so she has this discussion with her about trying to get to see Hannah and telling her essentially. And again, um, one of these things where June's trying to make plans and promises without really thinking about it. I thought uh, that was quite bold. Uh, yeah. Basically saying that her commander can get them out, all of them, including the Martha, right? Tiana's got this look on her face like, hmm. <laughs> there were several times in this episode you're like, what could go wrong? Uh, well, and especially given her interactions with Commander Lawrence and how Commander Lawrence was kind of warning her that she was too yeah. ambitious and too forward. And like, he was so upset with her for being so presumptuous two or three episodes ago. And now she's like, yeah, I can get everybody out. Like she was so assured about it when she, when she said that to the Martha, like, yeah. I, I think right now the mindset, and I can imagine it's going to get worse after this episode, is that she's going to just promise and do whatever she thinks she can, even if she can't deliver on it, if she thinks that it will work. Though so at least, very least, that she can get her hand out. Totally. Like make it till you make it. Exactly. No, I think she's going to tell everybody what they want to hear, regardless of whether she can follow through on like bringing the Martha with them or not, if, they, if she thinks she can get Hannah closer to getting out of there. Which is fine until... It isn't right. It's going to be, de- <laughs> it's going to be decidedly not fine later. Right. Um, so of course, because it's Gilead, um, looming in the background at the end of this scene is of Matthew, who is watching them talk to each other. And so she sees this and throughout this conversation, June is trying to, you know, talk to the Martha, trying to get her to talk her into doing this and helping her get to Hannah finally does because June tells her she knows where this, the school is because they told her, um, and so she says she's going to go there. And so the Martha kind of relents and tells her to go there and ask for this guardian Parker who's on their side and that he'll help her get into the school and whatever. Once you get to the school, I really don't know how they <laughs> thought this plan was going to get accomplished. But aren't there like gates and guards and things? You're and smart. Towers. You're a smart lady and you don't even like, live in Gilead. Well, most of the smart ladies don't live in Gilead. <laughs> That's that's not true. Some of the smart ladies are there by none of not I, their own accord. That's true, but they killed a lot of them. That's true. Also true. Uh, so Martha finally relents, gives her the plan, says what to do. And as she's walking away, we see of Matthew stalking in the background, which we know is um, it's going to be bad. Right. Bad news. Now, we know quite um, how bad, but. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's like... the thing is it's much worse than I thought. I knew it was going to be bad, but it was real. Bad. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like of Matthew constantly thinks she's like being surveilled. So she like every time there's a hint of hope or friendship or kindness, she's just like, nope, party right. line. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way, too. Like the fact that she opened up the one time, but then every other time it's like she gives you a yeah. little, but then she's like, no, I can't trust anybody. Yeah. And yeah, so that's kind of I'm with you on that one. Uh, so we get to go to Canada next. Ba, 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 ba. Canada. Okay. So Emily and her wife are meeting with the the woman from the Swiss government that was interviewing June in the last episode. Uh, and she is essentially going over what Gilead is claiming to be Emily's criminal activities while she was in Gilead. And so she basically has to run down this list of things she's done and asked her about running over watermeloning the guard with the car and uh, asks her if she committed any other crimes, which made me think, has she done anything else? Um, and 
they asked her if she stabbed her, what did they call her? Her supervisor? Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. interesting. Well, the, the issue with this the whole scene is like, when you just list it out like that in such a sterile way, it really does sound bad. You know, like yeah. if you had a refugee in the U.S. and, you know, you were looking and you're like, okay, well, let's talk about what happened before you can't, you know, and it's like, oh, you stabbed somebody in the and then you hit somebody. Did you try to kill your abuser? Well, and then, well, yeah. You know, the one I forgot about is that she killed the wife when the colonies, she poisoned her, which she I mentioned com- that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, later. She she I killed her that lady. character. And yeah, and she, but she doesn't admit that to the Canadian official. She says no. it to uh, Moira later. Yeah, you're right. Or no, her wife. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. She says it to Moira later when they're in the jail. Moira. Yeah. Yeah. Tiana's like, wait a minute, they're in jail? Yes, they end up in jail. Let me tell you why. Uh, so, essentially what is happening here in this scene is, you know, the Swiss, the Swiss government's still playing along with with them to try. Is it, is it playing along? We don't know yet. That's that's going to be the interesting part, is I don't it know if they're playing along. Serious. Yeah. Um, and Emily's wife, Sylvia, is there, and she's kind of telling her, you know, you don't have to go through this alone. I don't care what you did when you were there because of the situation you were in, obviously. And uh, Emily says, I'm fine. Are you now? In the way that no one is fine ever. Right. Right. Decidedly unfine. <laughs> yes. Um, so next, it's Sarah's favorite part of the show. It's time for oh my a live, God. live episode of House Hunters. Juliet House Hunters. <laughs> Ba, 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 ba. I wrote to, I wrote in my my notes. Serena wants to move to DC and steal somebody's home again. And <laughs> creepiest, saddest scene as they walk through the home, right? Oh, so they're like actually shopping yeah, for a home so right her, now. So yes. This is, this is how this, no. So I'll, I'll break this yes. down for you. So this opens with Serena and Mrs. Winslow uh, walking down the street. And she is talking about DC and how nice it is and how oh my God. and how she yeah. how they live there. And they come up to this house. And I believe what did they refer to it as? This one hasn't been um oh, I forget what the word they it's used was. Fixed up, no. Yeah, essentially like repurposed or you know, cl- not cleansed, that's not the right word, but no. something to that effect. But they haven't cleaned it up and turned it over yet so people could use it. So they walk in and the family stuff that was used to live there right, is like, just everywhere. Exactly yeah. where it was and they ran. Yes, I was going to say wow. exactly how a house would look if somebody had to exit immediately. Their shoes lined up by the door. I mean, how, how do uh, Serena and Fred react to that? It's just Serena. Okay. So it's just the two wives. So it's just Serena and Mrs. Winslow. That's probably good. Fred would just say something stupid. It's unrestored. That's what they call it. They haven't restored. Unrestored. Wow. Yeah. That's the so, most patronizing way you could say that. Yes. Well, and Fred doesn't say anything stupid, but um, Mrs. Winslow does. Because at one point, you get the sense that Serena has like 1% of like, this is super messed up that we're walking through somebody else's house. And she goes, so who were these people or something yeah. along those lines? And Mrs. Winslow goes, ah, oh, some Baptists. Like, I think they were Baptists. This is equivalent with like murderers. Like, yeah. you know, like, oh, of course. Yeah, we should definitely take their home now because Baptists. Wow. Like she says it like that. And you're just like, oh, my God. All right, so that's wow. not even the most fucked up part of this whole scene, right? It so, isn't. Several fucked up things. Yeah, they walk in and like the dining room table is off to the left hand side. And on the dining room table is a newspaper with the headline that says Terror in Washington. 
with a wine glass that still, to me, looked like it had wine in it. Um, which also led me to believe that these were not Baptists, just for those keeping score at home. Um, I have a lot of Baptist family, and some of them drink. Some of them. The odds are not in the favor of yeah. drinking Baptists. At least not my Baptists when I was growing up. Just not me. your Baptists. I was one. So. <laughs> um, but then they go upstairs, right? And all the kids' rooms are still like the kids' rooms. They walk in, and this is like a nursery, right? For a oh, yeah. Crib's still there. They have the name spelled out on no. the wall. Phoebe. Sorry, Phoebe. No. Yeah. Totes. Totes. Absolutely. Still all the stuff there. And Serena's like looking in the in the in the crib. And it, you think maybe she's thinking, oh, this is horrible, but I really think she's just thinking, oh, my baby could be there. And yeah. Right? So then they, they mm. go to check out the master be- bedroom. And that's uh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how that goes. Gross. They do show a family photo of the of the family, like the whole deal. Yeah. And I'm so glad they had an episode like that because that's what I envisioned earlier on when Fred and Serena had that home. I thought, well, how would, how did that go down? I kind of like went backwards in my head and thought, well, they must have walked through it, seen everybody else's stuff, gotten rid of everybody else's stuff. and Or just, you know, pick out the things you like and go to neighboring homes and loot them, grab some other things. Yeah. yeah. It was very reminiscent of the Boston Globe scene from last last oh, season that was where such a good you know episode. everybody's stuff was still in their cube yeah. and like, the shoes were on the floor and that whole night it's just like that only at a house like you would think that's how it would be where people either had it's to like, leave or like were forced Chernobyl. to Chernobyl right exactly things were just left <laughs> oh yeah uh side note i recently watched Chernobyl it's really good yeah it is right i've heard mixed things but every like we really enjoyed the, it all the people i talk to like audience people like you know i've tomatoes <laughs> as a, here's what the critics think yes. here's what the people think like all the people I hear talk about it, I think it's awesome. The critics are very mixed. Yeah, I thought it was really well done. Good. Yeah, there are a few parts that are a little icky, um, but you kind of expect that when you're watching a show about Chernobyl. Yeah, I mean, you know, anything that involves living things liquefying is Ugh. unintentionally gross every once in a while. Well, and if it was historically accurate at all, then I think I learned a lot. I, I, believe i've heard it was like 50 percent historically accurate oh okay i don't know what 50 percent that was <laughs> i was gonna say yeah it's not important were you entertained I, I i basically what i heard um was that it's like the titanic version of titanic you uh, know where like the the oh. personal stories the, are, are the general, not real yeah, but like true. these individuals were real humans right. that were there and did things right probably what they did but like interpersonal like, relationships have just been filled in and like the the like, wife of the firefighter probably not a real person yeah. the science of it was real like the the reason that it blew up and all that was real oh yeah well i think that's pretty well documented yeah. on why that happened anyway, yeah. just what i've heard so next scene is um and tiana's gonna like this because i can pick names out that sound weird to me and i this this one this one took me a second i had to google it uh so fred and commander winslow are coming down the steps from somewhere i don't know they're in some fancy commander building and they greet each other as fred and george (laughs) and i was like fred and george sounds really familiar why do i know fred and george as a duo and so i googled it and uh harry potter fans that's a that's a weasley reference that's right 
So I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if any of the writers are doing any of this on purpose to me. Like Phoebe was a friend's reference. Uh, Commander Joey Lawrence. I, I mean, everybody's name is a reference to it's other people no, with that I'm name. I'm it's sorry. Too, it's too coincidental. Anyway, so the Harry Potter <laughs> We're duo. We're all references, Justin. Stop. What, what's a, give me a Justin reference. Justin Time, uh-huh. the kids show. You know what I'm talking about, right, Sarah? Nope. Have kids ever watched Justin <laughs> Time? It's great. They should. We didn't have cable until I was 14. No, I mean for New your kids. kids. Oh! This is like a show that happens now. <laughs> oh! There's one called Just in Time about a kid named Justin. Well, they're watching Caillou right now. Thank and you. it's about time travel and he travels back in history. So you learn about history. Nice. Oh, fun. Yeah. Man, Caillou's, um, like, Caillou's like forever. Caillou's been around for like a I, quadrillion, bajillion years. I have never watched Caillou. I've never seen an episode. That's hilarious. I've never saw an episode. I saw very few of it. We avoided the Wiggles. Yeah, we avoided the Wiggles, uh, Teletubbies, uh, Barney, yeah. Power Rangers. Same. Thank God. Uh, there were a lot of things that just magically didn't work on a television at home. Yeah, it's crazy. Don't anyway, know. Yeah, it's weird. So Fred and George coming down the steps. And what we learn here is that Canada is willing to talk about, quote, a general extra- extradition treaty. Again, my whole thought is kind of with Tiana is, are they really considering these things or are they just stringing them along so they can get intelligence about Gilead? That's what I want to know. So that's what they're saying is that they're talking about a general extradition treaty. And what we learned basically this whole point of this scene is that Winslow wants Fred to uh, continue to keep Nicole up there and not worry about bringing her back because she's good leverage. Winslow is the uh, Hansy commander. Yes. Yes. <laughs> New, <laughs> yes. Sure. New nickname, Hansy <laughs> commander. Uh, Fred basically is a little upset because you can tell he's legitimately wanting to get Nicole back, mostly for Serena, so she'll be okay. <laughs> so she'll validate him exactly. Um, and so, yeah. And then we have a little additional personal space invasion towards the end, where they're trying to discuss, and he's and Winslow is making it fairly clear that he would like Fred to keep Nicole up there. Um, kind of touches him on his arm, and he's like, like if your personal bubble exists, it didn't anymore. Um, so there's Yay! like. Three or four, <laughs> like three or four inches of space between the two of them. Yeah. So there's that going on. It was very interesting. So it was interesting that they want to continue to use her as leverage. Uh, That's which... pretty great. Not the leverage thing, the, the continuing <laughs> Andrew Winslow being like super hot on Fred. <laughs> it's going to be really, really happy to see where that goes. I don't really still know where they're going to play that out as. Uh, so our next scene is June uh, at home with. Uh, Joey Lawrence's Martha. I can't remember what her name is, but she uh, is telling her, "Hey, I'm trying to go see my kid." Is is Cora the one that's left? Cora left, so I okay. don't remember what this okay. one's name is. I'm terrible. Uh, so she's trying to get her to go with her out of the house because she can't just go, you know, freely walk down to the school. She needs somebody to basically accompany Escort her. Escort her, yeah. And so it's, her and Martha's like, "Uh, no, that's crazy out there. I'm not I'm going." Sorry, lady. There. So June decides I'm going to take the tea up to Mrs. Lawrence. And June, like normally, you know, you just leave the tea outside, Mrs. Lawrence, because they don't like her. No, she didn't. Oh, totally. Yeah. This is another, like, what could possibly go wrong moment. So she goes up and she full on knocks on the door, lets her inside. She opens the blinds in the in the room to get. Oh, totally. You should see the look on Tiana's face. Like, seriously, is this happening? Yeah. She's like, she's like. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So she talks Mrs. Lawrence into going for a walk. That's all she tells her. 
Uh, Mrs. Lawrence seems a little wary. Like if we were on the fence about whether Mrs. Lawrence really had a thing going on, we are no longer on the fence. Just so you know. Um, she's acting very strange. Like just looking out the window. And June's like facing the camera as Mrs. Lawrence is looking out the window. And she's being very strange. Like she's never seen a window before. And like it was the first time she'd gotten to look outside in a long time. It was a little bizarre. And even June is making this face like, oh shit. It's getting a little Jane Eyre. It's very Jane Eyre. Very much so. Um, so they go for the walk. She, she says yes. And <laughs> kids are awesome. Be quiet. Okay. <laughs> so we got baby Angela and lady Putnam coming down the street, which is like the worst possible scenario for uh, June and Mrs. Winslow. Uh, because a June is trying to get to this place like by three o'clock. So she's like in a hurry. Oh, it's that day. Yeah, it's that day. And so they run into Mrs. Putnam, and this is when the super weird things start happening with uh, Mrs. Winslow. She she looks down at baby Angela and is like, oh, it's so nice that your baby didn't die. Oh. We thought that she might die, but it's good that she didn't. And oh. says that like twice. She and, says it several times. Yes. Oh, boy. Yes. Um, and the, at this point, June and Putnam are looking at each other like, what is happening? And June's like, I got to get going. And this lady's like going a little cuckoo on me. So she's not real thrilled about the direction that this walk is going. Um, so they get her out of there. She finally brushes Lady Putnam off and gets her away from the baby. And so they keep walking. And finally, she's like, okay, I got to be honest with you. I'm trying to go see my kid. We don't have to go there if you don't want to. Because I think at this point, she's thinking, okay, I've made the wrong decision. Like for the first time, she's acknowledging one, which is great. Um and so they start talking about her and Commander Lawrence not having children. And it sounds to me like the way, and correct me if you thought I was wrong, but sounds like he didn't want to because they were so busy. And yeah. that that's this is before Gilead. Yes, before Gilead. And that they had talked about it, but that they were both so busy with their schedules. She was a teacher, I think. And um, he was doing, obviously, his he writing. Was inventing Gilead. Whatever he was doing. And... She talks about, you know, imagining what her own daughter or little boy would have looked like. Uh, he disagreed. And then she went bipolar is what she says. Uh, so she says maybe they did the right thing by not having children. That's up for debate. But so this is when June kind of goes, OK, <laughs> time out. This is what we're really doing out here. If you want to go back, I'm sorry that I brought you out here. We can go back. And she says, no, I'm uh, keen on an adventure. So they continue on to the school. Okay, first of all, none of these symptoms sound like bipolar disorder. <laughs> I'm just, she said bipolar. June did not say bipolar. I'm just telling you what the, what the lady did. Okay. Now, that could have met him, you know, that could have progressed into something else. Or maybe there's some additional things in top of bipolar. I don't know. Right? Uh, that we don't know about. That maybe she doesn't know about. I don't know. All I know is, all I can do is what's on the screen. That's all I got. Okay. So it's bad. That's so it's a great start. Quite to the walk. a day. Well, there's some implication at the end of the walk when they get back home that part of her uh, mental struggles were exacerbated by the fact that they didn't have kids. So, so they just like turned around and went home together after this? No, so no, they don't go straight home. Yeah, they continue on because 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 adventure. Yeah, because she says she's keen on an adventure, and I guess June thinks good enough for me. Let's keep rolling. Right. Sure. 
because how many chances does she get? You know, you're going to find out right. not very many. Um, so, boom, that happens. Back to Canada now, to the Emily and Moira show. Uh, now, Moira, we walk, they're on a coffee shop discussing the fact that uh, they're, they're trying to discussing everything, but they're talking about Moira's pissed about the whole situation in general. Um, but they're really just starting to get to know each other and kind of talk about life and being yeah. two you know, gay yeah, women that haven't. Yeah, Talk. they've never had a relationship. Whoa. Everybody okay? Sounds like somebody fell down. No, I'm sorry. I set the computer down. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so essentially what's happening here is uh, Moira is trying to find someone that she hooked up with or got together with while they were in college <laughs> at the same time that Emily knows because she says she went to Harvard. She's like, oh, I went out with some Harvard girls. So she starts listing all these names. And uh, Emily's like, no, no. No. And she, she's like, Moira was like, I can't believe we don't have anybody coming. <laughs> like, how many Harvard lesbians were there at that specific point in time? Exactly. exactly. She's like, this is the first time in lesbian history that we. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it pretty cute. It was pretty funny. Emily, Emily was talking about, like... she was asking, what kind of girl were you? And she were like, were you yeah. out at the club? And Emily was like, no, I was yeah. probably studying. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And she asked her about the Harvard Law School. Is that where you went? She's like, no, oh, law school is kind of separate. <laughs> so they're just like trying to find some common ground. It was pretty funny. Uh, but then we find out that Moyer has to go leave to protest in the Canadian Prime Minister's space because he is uh, going somewhere to continue to talk about the Gilead, you know, extradition and all that. And so Emily's like, can I come along? And she does. Really? Yeah. That was a very surprise. I thought she was going to like not go, but she went. And so they cut straight to that. And um, Moira and Emily are both all up in his face, along with a crowd of people, as he's walking to his car. <laughs> what's happening? Because it's Canada, and right? They don't have, you know. Well, he had, he did have a security guard. He did have one right. or two. Um, and but he's Mo not like separated from everybody. No. Yeah. No, okay. There's no, no barricade. Um, and so she's just screaming at Moira, screaming at him about, you know, why would you even talk to Gilead? And he's answering back, which would never happen, but. He's saying, you know, it's in the Not best here. interest of everyone that, you know, we have peace with our neighbors, which goes kind of with what we heard from the Swiss people mm -hmm. last time, which was they don't want to get blown up. So it might be part of the show, but. Right. We don't know. Nevertheless, and sounds then, terrible. And then Emily comes up behind her and starts railing on, you know, uh, talking about baby Nicole and how she's the one that brought her and that her mother wouldn't want her to go back to the parent. All, the, all, this whole thing. And she goes kind of crazy. Well, well crazy. the, the guy sorry. goes, the birth mother has given up the rights. Oh, yes, that's right. And that sets her off. Yeah, that's what the premise Understandably. Because clearly he did not know that Emily was in the crowd. <laughs> and she's, right. she kind of goes off and says, that's not what happened. She gave her to me to protect her and get her out of Gilead and all this stuff. And so she's, she's being held by a guard, which I thought was very interesting. Because then she starts, you know, kind of elbowing him and like going, all oh, get off me on him. And yeah, so, I mean, she killed one of them before. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Should have popped out that line. I've killed men bigger than you. <laughs> I don't think she was really feeling that that day, though. But yeah, so that was very interesting. Uh, Moira and uh, Emily bonding kind of over this, over the protesting. So we'll see where that goes. I'm still not. I wonder, was Emily's wife aware of any of this? Like, is she going to uh, yeah, see that on know. television later? That's a good question. Well, we don't know because they have to, they, we'll find out in a couple scenes that they end up in jail because they arrest all the uh. protesters. And so I don't well, at one point, it's a good reason to get arrested. Yeah. You have to get arrested. At one point, though, Moira slams his car door. I mean, he oh, that's right. Open his car door and she slams it shut. And then 
they continue to yell at him. And then um, Emily's like, I risked my life to get her in here, you know, all that. And uh, my husband was like, that would never happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> you would never get to just slam a door like that on somebody, um, which I thought was an interesting perspective. Um, but anyway, but yeah, so that's probably part of the reason they got arrested because you can't do that. Right. Um, among other things. I mean, they got pretty upset. Yes. There was, there was no doubt about it with, with Emily kind of, you know, punching the guard more or less, not really like punching, punching, but just to get him to let yeah. go over and yeah. so they we'll see that scene later. That's pretty interesting. So, uh, so the next scene is uh, <laughs> June and Mrs. Joey go to the school. Mrs. So, Joey. Mrs. Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Lawrence. Mrs. Lawrence. <laughs> Mrs. Lawrence. Uh, Guardian Parker, guess what? Not on duty today. Yeah. Which, as, as somebody explained this today, and it made a little more sense to me, long, like, big picture of this episode, is that the ending scene, we're going to spoil it a little bit for Tiana here. So, the ending scene... That's the purpose of this episode, isn't I, it? <laughs> yeah. Well, but what happens here is that Parker's not there, and this does not go the way they planned. And you basically learn that's because of Matthew kind of snitched on the whole Martha talking to June thing, which leads to another issue later. But that that had already happened at this point, and that's why the Guardian guy wasn't there. And that's why they were kind of on the lookout for those two. Did she did she overhear enough to know that it was like Guardian Patrick? I could not tell. I don't think she was close enough to actually hear. Okay. But I don't think so either. But they definitely knew that they were talking to each other, and I don't know okay. why another reason you would talk to Martha of the kid that you know, so they probably just put everything on. How did of Matthew know that though? That that was the Martha of her child. That's a good question. Maybe that's just common knowledge. I don't know, because the other ma- handmaids know that, and so maybe they she just knows because they. I don't know. Maybe. But she was just... it random other handmaids, or was it like the handmaids that we no, know have a relationship same. with yeah, her? It's yeah. the same group. Okay. And I don't think they're supposed to be talking anyway. And also, we found at out all. That, I'm sure. Yeah, and we also we found out that Lydia told her to keep an eye on June. And to tell her of anything that was out of the ordinary. So, so Lydia well, would have figured it out right. immediately, yeah. even if th- she just said she was talking to a Martha very right. intently. Well, and the way they distracted of Matthew was pretty obvious. And even of Matthew at the time was like, why are they trying to distract me? Like she picked up on it right away. Yeah. It was bad. Yes. So this scene, uh, essentially, they get there and uh, Guardian Parker, not there. But Winslow starts dropping names. Saying, you know, my, my husband is Commander Joey Lawrence and I was promised a tour um, because they don't know why the hell they're there. There's like guardians. There's like four gates to get into the school. Um, but they do see Hannah and three of the girls like walking in like they're like tied together, essentially, like with not less in a like servant tied together kind of way and more in a three kids who we don't want to run off and do crazy crap okay so more like like the kid leash and yes like exactly Exactly. okay so so uh they get uh, they let commander lawrence's wife in there and then june does another one of these things that seemingly shouldn't be able to happen they don't let june in with her no they close the gate okay that that was curious to me but go on yeah so they don't let her in there and then well i mean you gotta think i mean if they're not stupid all the kids there are from a handmade mostly and so you know they're not going to just say oh yeah sure you come on in what could possibly go wrong 
Uh, so June goes on a little walk around the perimeter of the wall of the school yard. By yourself. By yourself. Nobody around. Just like you do. Random. Um, guardians don't say anything to her. She just walks over there and she can hear him playing. And so she's like up against the wall trying to hear and saying Hannah's name and blah, blah, blah. But then uh, Guardian comes and gets her and you're like, oh, shit, she's in trouble. But no, it's not her that's in trouble. It is because Commander Joey Lawrence's wife is kind of freaking out in front of oh, the gate. No. Uh, somehow she's made it outside the gate again yeah. and is yelling at them because they won't give her the tour that she was promised, even though it wasn't real. Uh, and so she's having a little bit of an episode, I guess. Um, so they're bringing June back to like, oh, hey, no. come get your lady and get her out of here, please. So she just keeps saying. Yeah. And so June escorts her away. And well, she keeps saying, but but you promised me I'd see the children or... Yep. You keep saying it over and over again, and it's really bizarre. And oh, that sounds so sad. Oh, it is. Sad. It is truly sad. It really is. The other sad thing is that June has a flashback where they show toddler Hannah, which is like my kryptonite in life. I know toddler but, Hannah's. I can't even deal. Before the uh, before the guardian comes to get uh, June, she's kind of in this like reverie, like she can hear Hannah playing, mm-hmm. and puts her like just her voice over the yeah. wall. And it puts her in this, like, obviously kind of, like, dreamlike state where she's remembering, daydreamlike state where she's remembering Hannah and some just obviously hearing her playing memories. And uh, it's just super sad. But then she snapped out of it by Commander Lawrence's wife's super sad (laughs) moment. Um, And then they walk back home together. Yes. Wow. Good times there. Uh, but so, then it shows Joey and he's like freaking out. Yeah. And because she's upset and you know how he's very sensitive to her episodes. And she- it's really hard for me to be serious when you guys call him Joey. <laughs> I know. He started it and now it's all in my notes and like the only way I refer to him. I've, I've, only had, Justin. I've only had one person on Facebook who said, please stop calling him Commander Joey Lawrence. And I said. I don't think we can. We've come this far. I think we got to see it through. You can't unring this bell now. No. I don't call him that, but it's weird. I find it weird. You guys do. I, I can't. I can't not do it now. So, anyways, uh, he's he's fretting over her. Right. So they, they sure. go back to the house, and June and like takes her up. You basically see her taking June, taking her into the room, and then Commander Lawrence takes it from there, and mm. you can tell he's pissed about yeah. it. And then, uh, like. So unexpectedly, yeah. So you know, of course, June is like, "I'm so sorry. I didn't think this was gonna happen." You know, she's she's back. She's like, "Oh no!" And she was she like, "I didn't think she was that crazy." Sorry, I thought that she was in with the acceptable crazy frame for this particular expedition. She's more like, "I didn't think this would make her act that crazy. I knew she was crazy. I just didn't think this episode would trigger it in this way." Oh my. I never meant for this to happen. I'm, you know, so she's freaking out a little bit. And then you're like, okay. And that, that all seems kind of how that would go. And then right as she goes off to her room or wherever she goes, she turns around and talks to Commander Lawrence. And she's like, you should have seen her around the children. She came alive. And then she storms off. And you're like, oh. And then yep. he pauses. Like, yeah, because when the whole time he doesn't say anything to her. He doesn't even like respond to anything she no. said the entire time she's there and he's putting her back in the room and she's apologizing the whole time. He's just silent. He doesn't even like respond to her. So you can tell he's pissed off. But yeah, she does. She exits with this line of 
she was alive out there. You should have seen her. Like, really? Was she? Was she? Well, she was, but. Is that what we want? Right. <laughs> but that was the part where I thought, okay, maybe they're trying to show that whatever decision they made about having children was maybe not the best decision. Like, maybe she could have been less severe or less crazy. Miss Havisham ish. Nice. Can you not see how to explain Miss Havisham for those that don't have a Havisham yeah, in the reference? True. Um, so in Great Expectations, there's this old rich benefactor woman who um, was jilted on her wedding day and she goes crazy as a result and she's super odd. But um, she is Pip's uh, mysterious benefactor. And either way, she's just known for being this super crazy lady off in this huge house that the yeah. earth is kind of swallowing up um, in a weird way that unkept houses are. And but she's like the, the ultimate eccentric. Yes, yes. Um, and so you get the indication by that statement that maybe Mrs. Lawrence, or at least according to June, maybe Mrs. Lawrence wouldn't have gotten as severe as she was if she hadn't, if they had decided to have children. Um, so she, yeah, so maybe she wouldn't have gone full Haversham had she not, <laughs> not had kids. Yeah. Um, but that's so, just June's opinion. Right. Maybe right. She and would that, have been who she is regardless. Right. And, and who knows? June has lots of opinions and lots of plans. Yeah, and they're not all great. Uh, so the next scene is by far the one that I think we could have done without. And uh, the general consensus on this whole episode, by most the large population of the people I've seen online posting about it, has been that this was kind of a boring episode and that it did not move the ball far enough down the field to uh, really make it worth the things that happened in the episode happening. Um, so Fred and Serena are meeting. They're having dinner. Um, Serena talks about how she was at an art gallery, which we know is kind of frowned upon in Gilead, but I guess special perks. It is? Yeah, because remember, they take all the art. And yeah, so but they all I have art in their homes. Yeah, but I didn't think like they were technically even supposed to have that. Oh. Like the wives, at least. The um, commanders can have stuff. It might make them think too much. Yeah, but I know in the book, like they're not supposed to have like certain artifacts and things because that's what get, gets Fred in trouble. I, I really thought it was just that they weren't supposed to have like artifacts of like heathenism. Well, but this is what that was. This is real art that they took from the art gallery when they purged all when they took all the stuff. It was it's it's some secret. Oh, it's the lives. stuff that they were trying to purge. Yes. It's not just, yeah, the they, stuff that they thought was OK yeah, in Gilead. Right. OK. No, they uh, the way, at least the way she alludes to it is that they kept some of it so they could look at it because you know, the rules don't apply. Um, so Fred says that he's trying to get Nicole back as soon as possible. He also makes this line where she asks him how he did something. And he's like, I'm good at my job. That's how I did it. And you're like, oh, my God. What Seriously, did you do? Seriously, Fred. Getting all cocky. And uh, even yeah. Serena, Serena makes this line about how she knows <laughs> she thought that it would be better for. She knows that people think that it's better for Nicole to be in Canada because of the political leverage. But Fred has already said, I'm trying to get her back as soon as possible, even though Serena knows that that's probably not the best for the overall outcome of what they're trying to do. But I think Serena is still thinking in Serena terms. And so she is happy that Fred is at least saying on paper or not on paper, but in, you know, face to face that he's trying to get her back as soon as possible, whether he actually is or not. Who knows? I but, think he just said that and she's believing whatever she wants to believe. Yeah. yeah. Like, what, did, what did you think of the, the Fred? I'm good at my job. Cocky, hey, look at me line. I think he is in full on get Serena back mode. So he is just talking right out of his ass. (laughs) 
Like he's just like, I love you, baby. I'm great at my job. Pull back. Um, you know, I got this. Like he is just full of it so hard. This scene was sickening. But there's a scene that follows this where it gets even weirder between Fred and Serena, and you're like, What is yeah. happening? Yeah, we'll get there in a second. We gotta go back to Canada for just a brief moment. Yeah, totally. So and uh, also in the dinner scene, they're at like a regular restaurant and they have like regular food, which I know like doesn't sound like a weird thing, but like in but, Gilead, like, plenty of food. Yeah, he said he says speaking of uh, something, all of this looks delicious. And so it's like this full menu of you know things. So apparently in D.C., everybody's still you know living high on the hog, getting fat. Right. Right. So next we go to Emily and Moira in jail in Canada. And so they're kind of discussing things and they talk about what Luke and Sylvia will both think when they have to come bail them out of jail. And uh, neither one of them really think that the other one will care. Um, But they both talk about how they killed people in Gilead. And Emily kind of worries that she makes this line of look at what they've made us become Um, and kind of alluding to the fact that she still feels like she's this different person. And what does that mean now that she's out of it? And has she really become that person that is capable of killing multiple people in the real world and Moira kind of puts a positive spin on it like Moira tends to do and is like have you killed anybody since you've been out and she's like no she goes I think we're okay then but it was just <laughs> well, a, which is a valid positive. point yeah. right but it should be said that right before that more uh, Emily goes I killed a wife when I was oh, in right. the fields and I didn't have to so you can see how at one point you know like I get killing your, your um like Aunt Lydia or the guard or whatever. But like, I think the reason that Emily grapples with it more than Moira is because Emily's like, yeah, I just killed that lady. Cause I did. Yep. Like the, she was well, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. She was totally terrible. And Emily, Mar- Emily didn't think she, Emily thought she was going to die there. So yeah. she didn't have anything to lose and had all this anger. So not that it, you know, morally justifies killing anybody, but you know, you can get in that mindset a lot better if, you think of it like that, I guess. But yeah, you so you can see why Emily's struggling with it a little bit more than Moira. But also, they- they've just started out as really different people. I think Emily is the kind of person who was much more like living in her morals, whereas yeah. Moira was like, I don't get that much acceptance as it is. Like, fuck that. Right. Well, and Moira does talk about, I take that back because Moira talks about how she killed a commander and she didn't have to. So they both. Yeah, she's like, I totally killed that guy. (laughs) Yeah, like I totally killed that guy. I didn't have to, but it did. (laughs) (laughs) And it was great. Yeah. Yeah. So now comes to the scene that Sarah was talking about, and it is a completely random, weirdo, bizarre scene. Uh, So Fred and Serena are walking into, like, I guess, an after party. Essentially, it's cocktails and dancing and the whole nine yards with a large group of commanders. It's an after party after what? After dinner. So they were like, okay. they just eaten dinner and I, it looked like it was in the same building. So they were walking out oh, okay. and there's like this dance hall, essentially a ballroom. Where all and, the important Gilead people go. Yeah. And they're all drinking and dancing and whatnot. Hmm. And so uh, Fred, our commander Winslow comes and grabs Fred because they have important commander things to go talk about. And Serena is left to go hang out with the wives. And so Serena, who is clearly impressed and being seduced by the uh the the dc lifestyle she's really really enjoying it um he said mrs winslow finds her of course because she's there and they have this conversation about the men and 
that the one wife who's there that put together this party says that she did a great job and that her husband, of course, took credit. And they, you know, Miss Winslow says, well, every man needs a safe space to strut for the other peacocks. And then that same wife says, and that I believe this is what she says. That, that's why we have other peacocks to strut for us. And there's some like hot dude walking by that is I don't know if he worked there or if it was I don't know. But they all kind of look at each other and laugh. Like the wives have their own little side thing going on with some what? dudes. Yeah. DC is a different planet. Oh, yeah. Totally. And so then comes the bizarreness, right? So uh -oh. Serena's. Sarah just dropped off the call. Okay. Uh, so Serena is in the ballroom, right? And she looks over. And the way they shoot this, Fred is. I'm Fred... Sorry, I'm just getting ready to tell her about the super bizarre part. Now, did you have any comments on the uh, the pe the peacock line? Do you have any thoughts? All, there? all I said was in my notes, the DC wives get down. I was <laughs> <laughs> happening. Um, but yeah, no, that was my only commentary. I thought, okay. Yeah, real housewives of Gilead. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to let you, Sarah, describe this whole dancing thing and how it occurs. Because okay. It's so strange. Go ahead. So uh, Serena spies Fred across the room as though this is the first time they've seen each other in years. And he's coming back from a long war. I started to say, is he coming back from war? I don't know. Are we getting like a soft focus yes. around the edges? Yes. Oh, yes. my God. But what gets weirder, because at first you're thinking, okay, maybe we're seeing this through Serena's eyes. Like, she's seeing Fred for the first time, meaning, like, they're becoming closer. She's finally fully accepting him back into her life after it's been going on. But it's just between the two of them, and nobody else is noticing this. But it's not. Like, they spy each other across the room. They come together in the middle of the dance floor like a teen movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they start doing this dance. Was it a tango? I thought it was a tango. Yeah, it was tango-esque. Yeah. I don't know if it was tango. But it was somewhat sensual, considering who they are and the context and all of that. Okay, was they weren't everybody having this dance experience? No, no. I mean, no. the people were still there. So, like, if you could imagine it very much like a teen movie, like Sarah was saying, everyone is around them watching them dance. So weird. weird. They've encircled them, are watching them. So they have this, like, creepy, weird dance thing that they do. Then, as soon as they're done, the circle of people that have now encircled them, is um, they start to applaud. And yeah. even, even my husband was like, they're applauding? Like, what? what is this? And we're like, we were just both so befuddled by this entire scene. Why it was there? He even said at one point, what is this supposed to symbolize? And I was like, I don't know. Well, I feel like this sounds like what i would imagine their wedding reception to be like right serena and friends like a highly orchestrated we have a special dance for our first dance you know everybody's gonna watch and clap when we're done well in my notes i was like this this can't be real for two reasons i was like this looks like a dream just the way they shot it yeah because the way they shoot it when she first looks over fred is across the room like, yeah legit across the room and he was not before no he was with yeah it's where he really was oh. but then just the way they edited it is that she looks over and he's way across the room and then they do like this close-up of her face and then all of a sudden they're together in the middle of the dance floor it's so weird and i was like okay maybe this is a dream fantasy kind of deal yeah. where she's looking over thinking about them doing this and i was like it has to be because fred is not that smooth and he is, 
and he's totally is right. He's dancing with her. He's like got this whole thing going and he's smooth like butter and it gets done. And no, it's for real. That really happened. And I right? was like, are you sure? I swear they did not and give you any indication that it was not an actual thing that happened. No. And the group, I mean, maybe this is like, they're like different people in DC. Like they, like maybe. they're a real couple. Well, the weird thing is, is everything in DC is very slick and fast and housewives and, you know, shrimp and prawns and all that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they all care about Fred and Serena dancing. Like one of the, I don't know. I get that Fred and Serena have a bit of a spotlight on them at this moment because of their child in DC and how it's getting them leverage for Gilead to gain more power or something. But in no circumstance, other than a wedding that you mentioned, do a group of adults watch another pair of adults dance? <laughs> and then well, there's a couple other ways and reasons, but that is also not what has happened. Well, it wasn't their 50th wedding anniversary party. <laughs> there was no giant pile of singles anywhere. So that's the only other reason you watch people dance as an adult, I would imagine. Um, so, yeah, it's totally weird. Like, I totally thought it was a dream. Totally. Like, I was convinced. I was like, just the way they were shooting it. It was, it's it's not like any other scene that they have done in this show. The Did way the show they show have a different director? Uh, I don't know. They've had a bunch of different directors. I didn't know. I didn't look to see who did it. But yeah, it was completely bizarre. And we were like, sure it was a dream or a flashback or something. Yeah. Nothing. It was hallucination. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. They, okay. they just ended it where they were clapping and they were like next to other and looked all happy. Next scene. Yeah. Weird. Bam. Next scene. Speaking oh, of that scene, here we go. Let's bring it right back uh, up to the happy times. Okay. So, so we go, we're back at the ropes. We're back at the ropes, back at the gallows for a little more handmade tug of war. Uh, so. The McKenzie's are gone, which we find out from Nina Fiore's character, who I can never remember the name of. Alma is her real name. Thank you. I have to yes. look at Tiana to remember that Tiana said it to me so I can remember the name. That's how my brain works. That's weird. Uh, Lydia said, today we're cleansing the most sacred of sins, the endangerment of a sacred child. And you're like, oh, shit. Um, and so I was thinking it was going to be like the whole McKenzie family, right? Because they're not above that here in Gilead. But no, it's just a random group of people and the Martha for Hannah. Hannah's the McKenzie's are the one Tiana's looking at them crazy. The McKenzie's are the one that have Hannah. Um and so the Martha is up there. Uh, yes. I'm and, terrified. Yes, like completely terrified. Just weeping and just Yeah, the worst kind of person that's about to be hanged. Just I, it's awful. It's terrible. Right as June finds out that the McKenzie's have been moved and is like having that shattering realization, then she looks up, sees the Martha that she had coordinated with to see Hannah wow. sobbing yeah. in the gallows. And so, yeah. At, just terrified. At that moment, she is just standing there, and, the re and Lydia tells them to take the ropes, and June just stands there and doesn't take the ropes, and is just like in this daze. And so Lydia says something else to her, and she finally picks it up. And she starts pulling, and this part got a little funky for me because I couldn't really tell what the emotion was here. So she starts doing the ropes, you know, to raise the thing up. And then they tell her to do it one more time to pull it, to let it go. And right before she does it, she gets this look in her face, looking at the Martha. Like she was going to enjoy what she was about to do. And she says, by his hand. And then she pulls the rope. And then she gets hung. 
At least that's how I interpreted it because her whole demeanor changed. Like that she felt maybe inside that she should have been angry at this woman because she was part of these people that were not letting her have her child. But I don't know why that would occur. That seems totally off base for me. But tell me what you thought about that. Do you feel like it was directed at the Martha or that that's just like she was feeling her anger right then? It could have been. That's what I thought. Is that what you thought? Okay. It just I thought the anger was being oddly channeled in that. Okay. Because she couldn't do anything with it right then. Yeah. She had to do whatever uh, Lydia was asking. And so I think she felt a surge of energy through that anger. But I I don't get the by his hand thing. That thing, I was like, why did she say it? But I understand feeling angry and strong, like strongly angry in that moment. Yes. Because she couldn't quite direct it towards of Matthew yet. Right. She didn't know yet. So I think she was... Yeah, I, I don't know. But then right after that, all the handmaids are walking together. Yeah, so, and, so then so once again, Lydia says, disperse right after they somebody. Uh, so and I'll, she, let, I'll she, let Sarah take it from there. No, not at all. I, I was just oh, going to mention the part where she says, where she she's like walking with the handmaids and she's kind of pushing ahead and you're like, ugh. And then she takes her hood off. We as the audience see of Matthew, and I think she says something. At that moment, but something I'm not pious. sure. It, she either says something or it's just this look. You that we, should be thankful. Is that right. what Yeah, I think that's... I'm trying to remember, because there's an initial shot of her as they're all walking away, where she has this look on her face, like, kind of, I got you. But not to June, because she's not really looking at June. She just has this look on her face, like, mostly to let the audience know, this is whose fault this is, because she has that look like, I caused this. Um, and so they all go walking off. And so June's behind them. And so June is going to like, she's basically, I'm getting the hell out of here, pushing through everybody just to get gone. And as she's passing her, of Matthew says, what Sarah said, which is, what did she say? You should be thankful. You should be thanking me. I remove this temptation for you. Yes. And so June stops and turns around. Does she clock her? Uh, not, well, not yet. I thought that she was going to. That would be great. Um, but she turns around and I think she asked her, that's the first time she says, what did you do? Or what did you say? Or something like that. And she again says that she, you know, took this temptation away, blah, blah, blah. And so June legit takes the, takes the thing off. Like you would, like Sarah was saying, like, you're going to take your earrings off to go you gotta fight. You got to take your earrings out because somebody will grab them and yank them out and then you can't fight. Yeah. Right. So, not speaking so she takes her, she does not punch her, which I think would have gotten her in more trouble than. If she what she did, which is essentially grab her and throw her against this, they're walking kind of down a ramp. Oh, and but so, she's pregnant. That's true. Right. I, I didn't think about that part. She should have punched her instead. Because everyone was so punch her in the face. Because at that point yeah. you're so mad. Not pregnant it, in your face. Yeah, you forgot about that. Uh, so she's got her kind of over the ledge of the wall against. The, you know, they're walking down, and she's essentially choking her. More and or less. She keeps screaming, "What did you do? What did you do? What did you do? Do you know what you've done?" That sort of thing. Yep. And so, I she was gonna like I thought had she not been pregnant, I bet you June would have pushed her off the, the ramp, like pushed her yep. over the ramp and just been like worth it. But <laughs> <laughs> because she was pregnant, June knew I guess enough not to do that. Well, and also if she does that, I think she knows that she would probably be hanging yeah. well for killing somebody. So but it, I thought it was kind of interesting that the handmaids, instead of breaking it up at first, formed like a wall around you <laughs> that's it happened i know 
they all form like this little semicircle around her and of Matthew as she's like choking her out. And then finally they break through. I was wow. like, whoa, here we go. And they uh, pulled Dune off her before yeah. any guardians or ants or anybody seems to notice. Seem to notice. Yeah. Huh. How yeah. are they going to explain the marks? <laughs> I, I don't know that she choked her hard enough for her to show a mark. I mean, she was going out. Okay. Good. Maybe they will, but I don't know. It didn't. Huh. So right when we find out earlier in the scene, I'm going to backtrack just for a second, right yeah. when we find out that the Mackenzies have been moved and that the Martha's being hanged, that second, me and my husband immediately knew that of Matthew had snitched on her. And we didn't understand how June didn't know the way. Yeah. How, how else? I would think as soon as she saw the Martha up there, she would immediately assume... That it must be of Matthew. Right? Yeah. And I believe on the ramp seem. on the ramp is where she says, after she said, I've removed this temptation, that she tells her that Lydia told me to keep an eye on you to right. look out for anything, you know, strange going on. And so that's what she really knows. But you know, it, it's hard because you know, we only know our vantage point for the audience. Like when they're in Lows and Fishes, she doesn't see of Matthew like hanging in the background seeing her. Right. Like, yeah. You know, she doesn't Which... have that knowledge. And she's already had like three other things happened to her that are completely bizarre. And so and she probably wasn't really paying attention to that. True. I mean, yeah, That's true. I guess she could have thought it was the visit to the school or something like right. that. Right. And so it ends with, uh, we do get a musical ending this week. We did not last week for all the terribleness. And when you say it like that, it sounds like Everybody. a musical episode of like how I met your mother, where they all just break into song. Nope. No such luck. That would have been awesome, though. <laughs> uh, no, but it is a great song. It is Fiona Apple every single night from uh, uh, Extraordinary Machine. Which nice is choice. A great, great record. And uh, the lyrics, once again, fit completely with the situation and the overall arching themes of Gilead. So uh, my last note was June's going to cut a motherfucker because she's not thrilled. And I think at this point, what the only so this whole episode basically boils down to the fact that June is losing allies and the plans that she keeps coming up with are falling apart with a quickness like not it's not there's not even like time there's just like she does it it fails she does it it fails and so she's kind of at the not at the end of her rope but she's quickly learning that she's the only one that she can trust and the only one that she can probably lean on unless i feel the opposite i feel like she like really needs help well that was my thing like unless they're going to go back to where Commander Joey made her pick the five people that got to survive yeah. that didn't go to the colonies where she said, you know, we got a thief, a scientist, a teacher, whatever they were. Yeah, I think she needs a team. So you think she I don't think it's that she can only trust herself. I think this is evidence that she cannot only trust herself because she's going with her gut and it's not going well. That's true. Uh, so you think it's time to go like Ocean Osborne's yes, or something? Absolutely. All right. I could be down for well, that. Something's got to change. Not not only that, but like lock in on more on the people that she super can trust and then super lock out everybody else. Because I think she was being a little kind to Matthew of Matthew at times, thinking like she didn't trust of Matthew, obviously. Right. She may have been just a just a shred too nice to her at certain moments, like thinking that that person was going to be another human being. Whereas now she needs to lock in on I can trust these people. And I cannot trust literally any other human ever. Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. Like really shut everybody else out because even giving of Matthew an inch was a mile apparently. Yep. yep. So that's where we end. 
Damn. Yeah. It was an odd little episode, but it, it had was. a little fire at the end. I mean, you guys described so much. It's hard to imagine that this was a boring episode, except yeah, for maybe the dancing. Everybody I've <laughs> talked to said that it was like the least interesting episode of the season. And I, and there is a lot of like what we described, all the things that happen are cool. They just, again, could have happened in a much more entertaining condensed... way. No, it was all entertaining. It was just, a you know, it was 45 minutes long, so it wasn't even an hour long, long episode. Yeah. So it was for sure mm-hmm. the shortest episode, at least in recent memory that I know of. And it just did kind of feel like it had a little bit of filler in it. Like huh. the Serena and Fred dancing thing. Like, yeah, we get it. They're trying to fall back in love or yeah. whatever the fuck they're trying to do. Um, but it, again, it just it, it seemed to kind of it spin its wheels on the same kind of plot points that we've gotten the last couple episodes, which is June can't trust these people. She can't trust these people. I mean, Fred and Serena are getting closer. Right. The Nicole's still in Canada and they're trying to leverage that. I, you know, it all seems like it could have been done in like 20 to 20, 20 to 30 minutes. Could have hmm. cut out 15 minutes of the show. And again, it's all well done. It looks fine. It's entertaining, but you're just like, hmm. while things did happen, it just doesn't feel like you're getting new things happening. Gotcha. Like we're still treading yeah. water on the same plot points as as opposed to like learning more about the resistance or the yeah. underground or, you know, even more things that are happening yeah. within the inner workings of Canada and the Swiss and all that. I just feel like, you know, I think people feel like. Okay. Yeah. Other than what's their names that have Hannah moving farther right. away, like nothing happened in that. plot. No. yeah. She's no closer. She's farther away. Right. Yeah. The, the things that we did learn that happened are so hmm. minuscule that they just happen in conversation passing. Right. So like, we know that they're working on extradition treaty. Great. That's like one sense, you know, mm-hmm. and we know that Moira and Emily bond over killing people. Right. And that uh, Mrs. Winslow really is a little off for whatever reason. Um, you know, that scene and that part was great. And that, you know, but again, it was all a little strange. Was the, they yeah. Sp- I feel like normally they jam pack a lot of information into most episodes. Not every episode there are definitely some that are a bit of a like recovery mode (laughs) um but yeah that's that's very true i feel like they do normally pack a lot in there yeah and i just i think people feel like again that we're trying to treading on the same territory again and not really moving to learn more about something different within gilead because there's still so much that we don't know Mm -hmm. that it feels like to continually be on these people in these moments and the story part of the storyline is just like, okay, we've been here. We've done that. We right. kind of know we get this, right? Like they could have shortened that part of it and added something, you know, a new spice or something. <laughs> just like a Lydia backstory or a Nick backstory more right. on those, you know? Yeah. So while not a terrible episode, because even the show on its worst day is still done very well, but it was terribly well done. Yeah. Yeah. Still a little, it was a little dry. It was a little, you know, eh, okay. We learned some things, but, it wasn't it wasn't satisfying like the vast majority of the other ones have been. I'd have to agree. So but all right, Sarah. Well we're gonna let you go. Yeah, I'm out. Thanks for including me despite my circumstances. It's all good. That's the name of the game with this show. All right. Well so hopefully next Wednesday <laughs> it'll all our scheduling will be normal and things will go off without a hitch. That was crazy. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm gonna X out, guys. Take it home for me. Bye bye. 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 So, yes. Here we go. All right. Matiana just hung up on the call.
You can still talk. I don't, I've got a mic. Talk? You still got yeah. a microphone. Sorry, we're doing two things at once this time. I don't want to hear myself anymore. It's weird. I don't <laughs> Tired like of it. hearing me. Um, so yeah, that was where we left this episode. So to go back to the beginning. Uh, you didn't get to watch it. Do you feel like you were informed? And Yeah, I mean, I, I felt like that was a lot of information. Yeah. Um, I feel like I basically know what happened and like where characters are at and where their headspace is at. Yeah. Um, I still want to watch the show, yeah. obviously. It's still, again, one of those episodes where I have zero idea of what's coming next, which they still mm-hmm. do pretty well. Like, I just don't know. I hope next week is something. Because I know I keep hearing that we're getting a Lydia backstory episode. Uh-huh. And I would imagine we're getting some, if not a Nick backstory episode, a Nick what's going on with Nick now. Yeah. So that we that can kind of better idea of who the hell Nick is. Because I think they're kind of dangling. They've been dangling. That yeah, because he time. keeps coming back for just long enough to keep people who are interested in Nick still right. interested. And I know another thing that's frustrating people is just the. Maybe lack. we can find out why he thinks it's appropriate to make out in public. Maybe. I, I That would be great to know because. Maybe you got the OK, like we're going to we're going to ignore it for you. <laughs> Way right. back when. Um, the other thing is like the you know you people aren't don't feel like they're getting enough of the characters that they love like which is typical. But you mm-hmm. know we've got yeah. Janine that gets it's a shown. Big cast now. It's a really big cast now, so yeah. it's hard. Yeah, I mean Janine gets shown at random times, just yeah. kind of to say, hey, Janine. I here. do miss Janine. Uh, it's kind of same with Rita. Is mm-hmm. she's in there? Yeah. You know, she's and the stuff she's in is great. Um, and it's just kind of one of those things where I think they have so many yeah great it's characters of, that it's a lot of story. And so we'll see. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. I mean, in some other shows that have had that problem where the cast gets so large that you can't keep up with everybody all the time. That's just a a constant issue. It's just, you know, unless the person you love is the main focus of the show, you're going to go through these periods where you're getting like no information on your favorite character and it kind of sucks. So we'll see. I don't know where it's going to go. I have zero clue. But uh, we got six more episodes, I think is what I, I was told. 13. Um um, I wanted to go back because normally at the beginning of the show, we do a little social media update and updates on some things. So I wanted to congratulate one of our competition, Molly Sanchez, who, uh, on top of being a part of the podcast, Red All Over, which is another Handmaid's Tale podcast. Uh, she's also part of a uh, comedy team oh, called cool. Nice Tan, is what they're called. <laughs> it's all people of color. Nice. And so I like this, it. This last couple of weeks, they have been trying to raise money to shoot a pilot for a show. And so they were raising money for nice tan. Yeah. Nice. And they, they met their goal. And so I posted it on our Facebook page just to say, Hey, this is somebody we know that does this and it's a cool thing that she's doing. Yeah. So um, the one thing she was doing is she was live on Facebook streaming. Um, and she said she would eat 12, like I forget what hot wings they were, but like ghost pepper. Oh, geez. Wings so that people oh. would donate money. And so I went on there and we were, I was, I donated some money. To and did them. she do it? Yeah, she did it. Oh she my sat there God. The whole time. That sounds painful. Um, and then she was going to do more on Instagram and she was like, I don't think I can do it. <laughs> it's like, it's awful. Yeah, I have learned my lesson. So yes, congratulations <laughs> to them because they met their goal. Which wow. Congrats. Fantastic. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to check out the show. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's supposed to be awesome. And then the way I described it, it was, sounds really cool. So, um, I have to give a special shout out to our Facebook friend, Janet Anderson Rubio. She sent us a picture of her and her husband who had a little meet and greet at a show uh, with Mr. Joseph Lawrence Oh, <laughs> in California. Yes. I guess they were at some celebrity signing event and he was there. Nice. And so she sent me a picture of him. Yeah. So I told her I'd give her a shout out for that. So we appreciate you that. 
Um, other thing is that our Spotify mix is live. Uh, I put it out, and people were very receptive and seemed to enjoy it. All 120 something songs. Uh, which, by the way, if you ever have to do that, there are several um, apps and programs that will let you take a spreadsheet and import it into oh, Spotify. Oh, nice! It was beautiful. That's good. That was. Awesome. I'm, I'm glad for you that that is a thing. I was glad for me too. So that is out there. So if you haven't seen that, go to our Facebook page, or you can go on Spotify and look for Handmade Made of the Handmaid's Tale podcast. And we have a shared uh, playlist called Kiss Resist. And uh, it's it's pretty awesome. It's 120 <laughs> songs that alternate between your favorite love song for mixtape and your favorite resistance slash angry song. So it's going pretty well. Now, the other thing that is occurring at a insane clip all of a sudden after last week is and I think it's because, as we said, they're kind of treading on the plot a little here mm-hmm. is that the fan theories are getting out. Oh, yeah. Of control. Like, nice. I, I have not seen so many. In a long I normally time. try to stay away from that, but I might check in this time because oh I, yeah. I kind of like it when they get a little nuts. It's crazy. Out now, there. I think a little bit of what's going on, and I'm getting this vibe more often now than I was before, is that there's some people that have come into the show in season three mm-hmm. that didn't get didn't watch the rest of it. Oh, and so don't have the back context. Yeah, right. yeah. And so they're suggesting things that people who have seen the first two seasons of the show are like. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> like that Serena and right. Nick, that, Serena and Nick are somehow carrying oh, on an no, affair. Oh no, not a right? thing. No, or that no way. this. Okay, and this one is the best one. So there are several people. This is not just one person that think that Fred calling Nick's son when he's referring to him mm-hmm. in like a a way an older guy does to yes. a younger guy that he is, thinks he is more powerful than. Yes, that, they legit think that Nick is his son. Oh no, I don't think that's no. more than one post. No. I saw about mm-hmm. that, and I was like. People really think that. And no. like they were like serious. No. Yeah. Fred would have been a teenager for one. And we know that didn't happen. And Fred was not that good with ladies <laughs> for another. Correct. Um, yeah, no, that's right. not a thing. And uh what other it would be kind of cool, but it's not a thing. Yeah, I made a quick list of, I could think about top of my head. So Fred Fred calling Nick's son, Fred and Serena being Nick's parents. That was another oh, one I weird. saw. <laughs> oh, that would be so weird. Right. Uh, uh, and then the baby. Oh, ew. You'll love these. Uh, Serena and Nick being in a relationship together. Commander Lawrence being June's father was another one that I saw because we don't know who her father is because the only mention we ever hear is like. When I mean, that's true. That's I feel that's far too soap opera. If that's what happens, a I if, will be really disappointed. There's going to be two sides of Justin. One will be that's magnificently ridiculous. I'm so happy you did that. That makes it just absurd and ridiculous. And that part of me will love it. The other part that knows you're trying to make a good show is going to be like, seriously. Yeah, that's I would just be that part. I would just be like, for real, this is the thing you're trying to get us to buy. Um, the only other thing I've seen is like Aunt Lydia being part of the resistance, which mm, I, I that one is like the most plausible of all the ones it, I've seen. It is. It is the most plausible, but I still feel like like that gut feels wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I think I, she I think there's probably a part of her that wishes she could be. Well, I think a lot of people, but it's not the biggest basing part. that on her reaction to the way things went down in DC with mm-hmm. the veils and mm-hmm. the rings mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And so she was, yeah. I mean, she wasn't completely disgusted by the rings. No, she was just kind of. She was just like befuddled a little. Correct. So a couple of th- more things I wanted to talk about. Last week, I suggested that people watch Snowpiercer. I don't know how we got talking about it, but we did. Oh, uh, Nick on the train. That's yeah, I'm. yeah. Um, and also a Quiet Place, and a couple of different people said that they watched quote. The train movie, as they refer to it, <laughs> um, and we're like, there are several things in that movie that if you don't, you're not prepared for them. 
regardless of what's going to happen. Okay. Um, and so at the end, there's kind of a confessional thing that Chris Evans, Captain America, talks about. Okay. And it's like out of the blue. It's awful. And you don't see it coming and you're like, oh, and you don't know. Your, your mind doesn't know how to process it. But several people watched it and enjoyed it, which I was great. Because he turned out to be a terrible person. No, no, no. He's great. Oh, okay. No problem with him. And then a couple people watched Quiet Place. Some lady got, was like, jokingly, she's like, I could have killed you because uh, it, the movie is, again, I say it's like dead silent for right. long stretches of the movie because they have to be. She said she was watching it and it was quiet and her, her ice maker went off. And oh. She about jumped off her couch. <laughs> So it was hilarious. She's like, Justin, seriously. That's great. A little heads up. Um, yeah, and then the last thing, just for you people out there who have seen the trailer for the movie Midsummer, the new movie by I, uh, I have not seen a trailer for or heard of this movie yet. Oh my. So it's but directed by the guy that did Hereditary. Okay. Which Ann Dowd was in. Um, which is a horror movie, as is this midsummer. Right. I hear it's great, haven't seen it yet. Hereditary? Yeah. Fantastic. I loved it. I know there's some people that didn't like, but yeah, the vast majority list. of everyone I've talked to that has seen it really enjoyed it. It's just hard because I have to watch horror movies alone, and like, that's well, just we need to watch them together again. I, I don't know. I need to watch The Quiet Place. I'm hoping to. This it's weekend. so good. Um, but he's got a new movie out called Midsummer, which is very much in the vein opposite of um, Hereditary, which is like dark and terrible. This is still terrible, but in a uh, a kind of wicker man set in a Swedish or Swiss uh, commune slash cult kind of deal so it's all bright and sunny so okay. it's like you're not you know it's not scary dark grimy horror uh -huh. it's out in the sunshine and scary s swedish people swedish cult. it it's i saw it okay. last night because i was super excited right um now it's 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 great because the director is fantastic even though it's only like his second feature film mm -hmm. um hereditary is great he has this ability to write amazing screenplays and mm -hmm. get these women actors to just do these parts that are great um there make sure if you have any kind of trigger anything that you read on imdb and go to the parental uh explanations uh, okay before you go see this movie okay because the Fair. other thing that this person does with their trailers which is great if you're a normal person uh who watches movies is they do not reveal the entirety of what's going on in this movie that's great. So I is, hate it when that happens. Yes. That drives me crazy. I but, don't want to see all the things in the trailer. Yes, but there are several things in this movie that are super triggery if you have had them occur to mm, you or okay. people that you know. So make sure that you do a little research before you go blindly into this movie because they, these things, there's been three trailers for this movie, and these things are not mentioned in this at all. Like okay. You don't even know. Um, so do a little reading, do a little digging, but it's, it's really well done. It is ugly, but it is fantastic if you're a horror fan so i highly recommend that so uh that's all i got you watching right. anything read anything do anything um no not really i've been doing stuff that is you know not at all related to watching or reading or anything like that okay. i did finally see avengers endgame oh finally did you like it uh for the most part yeah yeah, yeah. it was like 85% satisfying for me. So that's, that was pretty good. For any movie, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that's especially good for a superhero movie. For sure. Um, for sure. So, yeah. All right. All right. Well, we'll see you next time for uh, yep. whatever the hell is going to happen next on this show. I have zero idea where we're going right yeah. now. Yeah. Clearly. June's got to get a plan, one that works for more yeah. than 45 minutes. And so. I'll, I'll get caught up. Promise. I'm not going to promise, but I'll get caught up. <laughs> I almost promise. <laughs> I don't think that means no? much of anything. No, it's good enough. Good Just enough go for us. It. All right, bye. Bye.